Good morning. Welcome to the gathering of Recreate Church. Are you wore out now from those two songs? I believe our 11-year-old drummer is worn out. He's, his joints are locking up. He's, he's really going after it. I am so glad that you are here, that you're with us. Now, those of you who have been here for a long time, you know our motto, and uh, we just want to share that with the whole world because, remember, this message, these services, they go out far beyond this area. They go out on our podcast all over the world. So let's let the folks know. I'm going to turn this mic around just in case it'll pick you up. Got to shout it real loud. So uh, our motto is, this is back here, so help me out. No matter your story, you are welcome, you are wanted, and you are loved. And that's our deal. That's our deal around here. So glad to have each of you here today. I'm talking to you about dreams today. Everything you know and love starts with a dream. The car that got you here started out as someone's dream. To travel some way better than a horse. The electricity that is serving us right now and is going to take this message out across the world. That started with somebody's dream. Nobody dreams quite like Dallas Cowboys fans. Bobby Wright has been telling me this is the Cowboys year. It's been the Cowboys year for the past 25 years. And yet they haven't won a playoff game. What's that about? So, so we'll see. Maybe. Hey, Cowboys do fine until this magical time called December when it all falls apart every year. And that's the time that I, uh, that I celebrate. You know, everything around you started as a dream. All of this stuff started as a dream. The seats you're sitting in right now, which I would wager are some of the most comfortable worship seating you're likely to find. That started with a dream, and that dream took uh, Duncan and Billy to Birmingham, Alabama to go get these chairs. That was quite a... And they did it all in one day. That's like the epic journey. That's the new odyssey when uh, Duncan and Billy drove to Alabama to get these chairs and back in one day. God bless them. God bless them. Everything starts with a dream. Uh... I want to tell you about a man named Charles who had a dream. He was a pharmacist. And this was back in the days when pharmacists just, you know, they just didn't keep you waiting in line. They, they did a lot of interesting things. They mixed up some things on the side. And this particular pharmacist, Charles Alderton, had a dream of a non-alcoholic drink that would restore vitality. So he developed a formula, and he presented it to the owner of the store where he worked. His name was Wade Morrison. Mr. Morrison liked the drink so much, he decided to sell it. It needed a name, and he decided to name it after a man whose daughter he had once loved. The name of the doctor who had a daughter that Wade Morrison loved, his last name was Pepper. And Dr. Pepper has been refreshing and restoring the weary for nearly... 150 years. I'm a big fan of, I don't drink and I don't smoke, but man, do I put away the Dr. Pepper, and that's probably uh, a problem. So everything starts with a dream. Not necessarily one of those dreams that you have while you're sleeping, the visions you have while you're sleeping, but, but uh, some sort of uh, picture of what the future can be. I've had dreams. When I was the age of my son, I dreamed of becoming a professional baseball player. That was my first, man, I wanted to be a baseball player. And I was 
pretty good. Turns out you have to run fast to do that. And uh, that's what got me, the part where you have to run fast. I can, I can hit the ball pretty hard, um, but I never could run very fast. And then you, don't, you don't really turn pro. I bet you have some dreams. You got some dreams? You got some dreams of what could be or what, what ought to be? Maybe dream about some new job or opportunity or maybe a, a, a fitness goal? Um, I was just talking about this morning. I'd, I'd like to be in the shape that I was before the pandemic hit when I thought I was out of shape, but I did not know how out of shape I could get. I'm more familiar with it now. Uh, I'm sure it can go downhill from there. Maybe it's a big dream like, man, when I win that Powerball. Mm, when I win that Powerball, I'm going to have me a bass boat. I'm going to have me a lake. All my problems will go away. Look, I don't really aspire to be wealthy. But man, I'd like to get to the point where I can change my oil as often as I'm supposed to. Can I get a witness? Y'all, that'd be, that'd be an excellent place to start. Let's just change the oil. That would be good. <laughs> but you probably have some more serious dreams, right? You know, maybe you, maybe you want to see an important relationship in your life restored or improved. Or maybe your dream and your, your prayer and your wish is for healing for you or for somebody important in your life, for healing. That's big. Maybe your dream is to start something new or revitalize something old. Everybody needs a dream. If we don't have a dream, it's kind of hard to keep going. Of course, the last couple of years, dreams have taken a beating. It seems like a lot of our dreams have been really affected by the pandemic and the just general weirdness of the world these days. Dreams have taken a beating. Some dreams have been delayed, some derailed, some destroyed. It's been tough. It's been tough, yet we still hold on. I've had a lot of dreams through the years. Some of them were probably never going to go anywhere. Um, I no longer sit by the phone on NFL draft day. I don't sit there anymore. Uh, I just, I've given up on that dream. That was never going to happen. But, you know, there are other dreams that don't originate with us, dreams that God has for us. Do you believe God has dreams for people, visions for people, you know, plans for people's lives? Yes, it's true. God, God does have, splan- have plans for us. And a dream in which we partner with the Lord becomes something more. It might properly be called a vision, a vision. I want you to know... I want you to know this deeply. God cares about your life. It won't feel like that every single moment of every single day, but it's still true. God cares about your life. He does have a plan for your life. He has a vision for your life. He has dreams for you, good dreams for you. Maybe the biggest dream the Lord has ever given me is, well, you're part of it right now. It's recreate church. And uh, I think right before the pandemic hit, you know, some of y'all discovered a sense then, but right before the pandemic hit, man, we were busting at the seams. All the chairs were full. We were busting out extra chairs. It was, it was getting crazy. And then here comes COVID, and pfft, we had to start it all over again. And you know what? We're keeping on keeping on, aren't we? It's been, you know, we're still here. We are still here, and we're still carrying on. But it's almost like, Lord, now you need to give us a fresh vision. Pray for your church. Pray for Recreate. Pray that the Lord will give us a fresh vision. Not just, not just me, but, but us collectively. A fresh vision for the, the way forward. Because things are going to look differently. Look different, obviously. So, um, of course, we need to remember 
that's uh, both as a church and as individuals, just because God has given you the dream doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It, it doesn't necessarily it's going to mean it's going to be smooth sailing, and, and a God-given vision doesn't mean there won't be days when you feel like giving up, days when you decide it doesn't make sense to keep on hoping. There's going to be rough days. Proverbs tells us where there is no vision, the people perish. And that's not referring to a man-made goal or plan, or are you putting stuff on your vision board if you got one of those things? It's talking about having an understanding from God about his plans. Today, we're going to learn about the dreams of a character we first met last week. His name is Joseph. Now, his dreams were both literal dreams, he fell asleep and saw this stuff, and they were dreams from the Lord. They were a vision from the Lord. It was a plan from the Lord, and they are kind of dramatic, and they're, they make a good kid's Bible story. If you ever grew up in Sunday school, you probably heard about the dreams of Joseph. They're interesting, and the meaning is clear enough, but what he didn't know is how those dreams would both cost him everything and give him everything. Before it gave him everything, it was seemingly going to take everything away. Well, that doesn't make sense. If God has a dream for our life, it's supposed to all be uphill. But that's not how it really works. There's the valleys as well. He's going to go through many dangers, toils, and snares. But he's going to come out on the other side. And that dream's going to come true. And it's going to change everything. We are in Genesis chapter 37 today. Um, and we're going to see that a God-given dream will stretch us. It will test us. It might even scare us a little bit. Matter of fact, that's probably a good indication that maybe it is from God. If it, if it is too big for you to do on your own, maybe it's a God thing. So uh, as Joseph will demonstrate, it's, it's going to be tough. And we'll see most of that in weeks to come. But it may bless us beyond our understanding. So let's read verse 5, and I'm going to pause and pray, pray for us. It goes like this. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. And on that difficult note, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we believe that you give leading, vision, direction. You give us dreams. I pray you'll help us get a handle on what that means for our individual lives and what it means for us as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. So if if you missed last week's message, you need to go back and pick up the podcast. It didn't make it to YouTube, but it's out there on the podcast. And uh, you'll see that Joseph's family situation was, uh, hmm, how can we put this? Well, as I told you last week, they would absolutely get offered a, a show on TLC. They would get a reality show offer because they were out there. Joseph's dad, Jacob, was a good man, but he also had 13 kids by four baby mamas, and you do the math on that. That's going to be difficult. That's going to be strange, you know. God blessed them anyway, even though it was way out there. Um, Joseph then had a lot of half-siblings, had a lot of half-brothers, and boy, did they ever hate him. They hated him mostly at the beginning because he was daddy's favorite. He was the favorite, and everybody knew it, and he got special treatment, and he was also evidently the, the goody-good. You know, every family's got the goody-good that the ones, you know, why can't you be more like this one? Or uh, In my, my wife's family, she, was, she says, at least this is her version of it, uh, Bill, you may have to confirm this. She said she was the goody-two-shoes, and she was always the perfect little angel, and 
And the, the sisters are like, ah, you know, that's not, that's probably not a way to ingratiate yourself to your siblings of being the goody two-shoes. And he had recently snitched on his brothers. Let me just tell you, I grew up in Dugspur, the mean streets of Dugspur. Snitches get stitches, all right? So that's, even though Joseph hadn't actually done anything wrong, he didn't really do the sorts of things that mean he would get along well with his brothers. He didn't actually, he didn't actually do bad things or wrong things. It's just this was not the sort of thing that you would do as a little brother, especially in a family, and be well-liked by your older brothers. Most all of his siblings were older than him. So uh, now he now this new and incredible wrinkle enters the story. <clears throat> Joseph, on top of everything else, starts having dreams. Not just normal dreams, but prophetic dreams. The Lord is giving him a vision for what is to come. And uh, maybe it's worth asking, maybe it's worth stopping and having a little side note here. Is it worth asking, does God still give dreams and visions today? That's a very fair question. And there doesn't seem to be any scriptural reason why he could not. I've heard of the Lord giving people dreams that, that lead them closer to Jesus, and especially in countries where there's limited access to the gospel. I've heard of the Lord speaking to people through dreams and, and you know leading them places where they can find out how to be saved and how to meet Jesus. So that sort of thing can happen. However, let me throw in two bits of advice. And the first one is a biggie. No revelation that comes from God will ever go against what he's revealed in his word, the Bible. God is not going to appear to you in a dream and tell you to, something, to do something he tells us not to do in his clear revelation of the word. So if you feel like the Lord is ever speaking to you in any way, whether it be through a dream or an image that appears on a tortilla, some people think that's happened. I don't know. I cannot confirm that. But whatever it is, you better compare it with the Bible. Compare it with the Word of God. It will not contradict the Word of God. I think God can speak to us in very unexpected ways, but He's never going to tell us anything that goes against His revealed Word. So be very careful about that. Now, second, second is just understand that prophetic dreams of any kind were incredibly rare, even in Bible times. So... If you got a weird dream, it's most likely just a weird dream. It's probably the, the truck, sto truck stop nachos that you rolled the dice on, <laughs> you know, maybe giving you weird dreams. I don't know. God can do this. And here's one more. Here's a third bonus one. If you think the Lord's speaking to you and somehow and you're not quite sure about it, go find some spiritually mature individual to talk to. You know, talk to somebody who you know is close to the Lord, who knows the Word of God, and get some good advice. Get some real good advice. Maybe these folks can give you insight and give you accountability and help you check it against the Bible. So there you go. So as for Joseph, we know that the Lord is giving him prophetic dreams. That is confirmed in the word. We're going to see that play out, and his dreams are going to come true. It's just going to take a while to get there. It's the content of the dreams. It's not the fact that he's just having dreams. It's the content of the dreams that has his brother's upset so we'll understand why first verse five gave us the hint that they did not like the dream and the verses that follow are going to tell us why so let's pick up at verse six so he said to them please hear this dream which i have dreamed there we were binding sheaves in the field and behold 
my sheaf rose up and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. So Joseph's dream reflects the farm life that he and his family lived. If he'd lived in some other situation, maybe it would be different imagery. But here it's the imagery of something happening in a wheat field. In his dream, he and his brothers were out in the wheat field harvesting wheat. That's probably something they'd done many, many times. In those days, you didn't have a tractor. You were harvesting wheat by hand with a, a sickle, and you would cut down a big bunch of wheat stalks and bind them together, tie them together, and set them up. And that was called a sheaf, a sheaf of wheat. It's the wheat grain still on the stalk. It looks like a big wad of tall grass is what it looks like. So in his dream, his sheaf of wheat stood in the middle, and his brother's sheaves of sheaves, sheaves of wheat, that's right, sheaves, were bowing to his sheaf. Now, he didn't stop and explain what he thought it meant, but the brothers were pretty sure they knew. And they said, what, you think we're going to be bowing down to you, son? I don't think so. They were not ready for that. (laughs) It's unclear if they believed he really had such a dream or if he was just being an annoying little brother. All right. Any of you grew up with siblings? Any of them try to boss you around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to boss you around? All right. Um, Yeah, that's a thing. Even little siblings try to boss you around. I got a sister who's 10 years younger than me, and I remember when I was learning how to drive, and we were all in the car, and I'm driving for some reason, and I'm learning how to drive, and my five-year-old sister's in the back telling me how to drive. Girl, you can't drive a Barbie car. What you, you telling me how to drive? Little siblings. No offense to all y'all little siblings, but y'all are the worst. Y'all are the worst. (laughs) I just... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you were up here, hey, if I was a younger sibling, I'd probably be telling you the the older siblings were the worst. I'm the oldest in my family, and it's all downhill from there. No, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My actually, my brother and sister are pretty 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 awesome, and they they surpass me in many many ways. But of course, one of the phrases that children who grow up with other children learn pretty early on is, and parents, this will sound familiar. You're not the boss of me. You hear, you've heard that in families with siblings. You're not the boss of me. So they're thinking, little brother's going to be the boss of us? Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I don't know what they did from there, but uh, we're going to see later on they took pretty drastic action. So whatever happened, they were quite sure that if Joseph were in a position of authority over them, it would be very bad for them. Spoiler alert, Joseph's rise to power is going to be the only thing that keeps him alive. Joseph's going to keep him from starving to death. So that ought to be a reminder to us that sometimes the things we are so sure would be bad for us might turn out good for us. God can work all things to the good of those who love him or called according to his purpose. So don't be so sure that whatever's going on in your life right now that sounds like a bad idea or sounds negative, don't be so sure that the ultimate end result would be negative because God can use things. God's going to certainly do that in Joseph's life. He's going to be thrown in a hole and thrown and sold into slavery, and yet God is going to use it for his purposes. 
So what Joseph said about his dream was true and accurate. It was accurate, and there's no evidence that he explained it in a condescending way. It doesn't seem that he rubbed it in their faces that he was going to be the boss or anything like that. And yet, of course, they despised him. And we kind of expect them to. Most siblings would not take very well to that news. So here's another lesson for us. Even if God is giving you a dream, not everybody's going to understand it. Even the people who are closest to you may not be able to understand it and appreciate it so if you feel like god has given you something or god has given you a goal or a dream or a vision or something for the future just be aware that you might not be able to share it with everybody at least not at first because they might not get it um not everyone will be able to receive it even if it is from the lord so let's read a little bit more verse nine please Then he dreamed still another dream, and he told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Joseph has this other dream. And as you've just heard, the sun, the moon, and the stars bow down to him. He told his dad as well as his brothers this time. And you would think his dad might be receptive. After all, Joseph is the favorite kid. And he, but he didn't really give his favorite kid a hearing, despite the fact that years before, Jacob had received a dream from the Lord back in Genesis 28. Remember the story of Jacob's ladder? Jacob fell asleep and he dreamed of a ladder going up to heaven and and. Uh, I personally think that was a foreshadowing, a picture of Christ who is the way to heaven. And let me tell you what, if you don't get anything else from what we do today or otherwise, we want you to get a hold of Jesus. That's our goal. Recreate Church, our motto, but not this motto, but our our mission statement is Recreate Church is a community of life and love with a mission of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We think if you get Jesus in your life, it'll change your life for the better. It doesn't fix all your problems, but it gives you some ground to stand on. Gives you a foothold, a place to begin. So Jacob had a dream. He'd he'd, he'd had prophetic dreams before. And in this same dream, the Lord spoke to him. So we might expect him to have a better reception to Joseph, but he didn't. He said, son, you think you're going to be the boss? Not yet. I'm still living. You're not going to be the boss yet. And this should remind us that if God gives us a dream, Sometimes even spiritually mature people won't understand it. I've heard of people who felt like they were called to preach, and a preacher talked them out of being a preacher. You know what? I've had some days like that as a preacher that I would talk somebody out of it. I, I kind of get that. But, but this man was certainly called to preach, and God used him in his older days to really, really influence people. But he might have done a lot more if he'd started earlier on, earlier on if someone hadn't talked him out of it. So... Uh, even, even the most important people in our lives might not be able to see us like God sees us. So keep that in mind. However, here, here's my caveat, though. If someone who cares about you and has a good head on their shoulders tells you about what you're about to do is a bad idea, it might be. It should make you stop and think. It not, maybe not make you quit, but it should make you think. I cannot emphasize enough that you should test every spirit. 
Every idea that comes in your head is not necessarily a sign from God. And everything that someone tells you is a bad idea is not necessarily a sign that it is a bad idea. You better, you better get some good understanding. If you think God is leading you in a direction, you need to take your time and pray and seek the Lord and, and get good advice and dig into the Word. And for good reason, because if you got a dream from the Lord, there's a good chance it's going to come with a price tag. Joseph's dream is going to come with a price tag. His dream does represent God's will for him. It is going to come true. There is going to be a time when he does reign over his whole family. As a matter of fact, he's going to rise to become one of the most powerful people in the entire world at that time. And yet, he's only seeing part of it. He's only seeing the mountaintop. We live in the mountains here. We're so blessed to live in the mountains. Some of us were born here. Some of us got here just as quick as we could to these mountains. And when you look at a range of mountains, you, you see a high point, right? And in the distance beyond it, you see a, another high point. You see the mountaintops. But what do you not see? You don't see that low valley that might be in between. We just see, we see the highlights. We don't see the low part. We don't see the cost. Joseph is going to reach some impressive mountaintops. But there's valleys in between that he can't see right now that are coming. When God gives you a dream or a vision... We like the idea of the mountaintop, right? The mountaintop. Ooh, let's get there. Let's go. Let's win that prize. Let's reach that goal. Let's, let's get that job. Let's do that thing. Let's, let's invent that whatever and change the world. We see that thing. But we don't often see the process it takes to get there. We see the mountain, but we don't see the valley. But let me tell you this. Listen to this. You don't get to the mountaintop without going through the valley. Having a goal is a big deal. Having something that you think the Lord has given you to do is even bigger. But the biggest deal of all is when you decide you'll pay the price for it. God gives us a dream or a vision. We see, we see the mountain, but are we willing to climb it? It's hard to climb a mountain. You have anything the Lord is leading you to do? Got something in mind? Let me tell you, God has got something for you to do. You might already be doing it. And if it, hey, man, bless you, keep on. But I can guarantee you, God has got some dreams for you. You got some dreams, you got some goals, some wishes. Now, can you imagine? Imagine that future. This was easier when I was like high school age. Because, man, I had some big dreams and absolutely none of them. I never stopped to bother. and never, never bothered to stop and ask the Lord what dreams he had until he knocked me flat on my butt. And then I started saying, God, you got something better than this? Don't be like me. Don't have to get you get knocked down to rock bottom to all you can see is up. I've had that happen a few times. But uh, can you see those dreams? They look good. Even if it's those dreams, it might not be the, you know, can you see the bass boat? Can you, can you see the bright future? Can you, or maybe something a little more down to earth. Can you see the day when that important relationship in your life is healthy, is what it should be? Can, can you see some healing in the future? Can you, can you see the day when your life is at a better place? Those things look good, don't they? They look real good. Now for the big question. 
Are we willing to endure the hard work and struggle to get there? Are we willing to pay the price for the dream? See, that's often where our dreams go astray. I think the number one way our dreams go astray is when we don't bother to ask God in the first place. Been there, done that. But even when good dreams go astray, often it's because somewhere along the way, we opted out of the hard part, the hard work, this working on ourselves, the seeking the Lord, the, the trudging through the trenches, the moving through the valley. Somewhere we opted out of the price tag. Now here's some good news. Good news. If you're pursuing a dream, you're trying to do something you feel like the Lord is leading you to do, and it is hard and it is bad, that is not a sign to quit. It might just be the valley. You've got to go through the valley to get to the mountaintop. And don't give up. I know what it means to pay a price for a God-given dream. I've got a chance to pay a price several times. I know what it's like to struggle and fall and want to quit, but no, I can't quit. My wife says, I know when to hold them and I don't know when to fold them. I don't know when to walk away and, well, I don't do cardio, so I don't know when to run. So, yeah. But you know what? I've made it to a few mountaintops along the way, and I think there's more to come. I think this, this time of pandemic and COVID and everything being a struggle, this is a valley for so many of us, all right? Ain't nobody but like Jeff Bezos doing good right now because he's where everybody's ordering everything off of Amazon. Everybody else is kind of in a valley, but that means the mountains will come again. We'll get there again. So what is my advice to you? Dare to dream. Ask God to give you a vision for the future. Even in this world that loves to crush dreams, dare to dream, dare to chase a goal that scares you a little. Dare, dare to ask God to give you a vision for a life that's bigger than just you. If your dreams are nothing better, you know, if your dreams don't extend out of the walls of your house, it's probably too small. It needs to go beyond you. So it's time to, you know, we need to let go of of some things and chase the greater plans of God. Let go of the small things and chase God's plans. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer right now. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I want to pray for us today that you'll give us a vision of what you want in our lives. Father, I want to pray right now for, for the person hearing this who's never really thought about stopping to ask you. I was that person for a long time, Lord. I never bothered to ask you what plans you might have because I already had plans. Father, I repent of that. That kind of thinking costs me dearly. So I want to pray for my brothers and sisters who are listening to this who might be in that place and they're suddenly realizing they've never asked you what your dreams are for them. And I pray that you'll give them a heart and a will to ask and to seek and that you might open up to them and answer to them. I want to pray for the families right now seeking a way forward through a situation. I pray that you'll give them a vision of the plan to go forward. I pray for me and my family that you would lay the path out before us and give us the courage to follow it. And I pray for Recreate Church that you would show us what you have for us in the future and give us the goal to shoot for. Lord, we dare not chase our own dreams. We want to chase the vision you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I am so glad to have you as a part of this today. We do it every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. If you've got some folks who are concerned about coming inside, have some COVID concerns, our evening service is outdoors.
So I'm going to send you off with a little music you might recognize and uh, you enjoy it. God bless you guys. We'll catch you next time.